Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. So I'm ready to start 2020 off on the right foot, and I realized, you know what, uh, you know, I'm up here, and we're like, hey, we, we care about churches, uh, but we don't care enough to think about which one we're going to pray about. You ever feel like you have good intentions and you want to do the right thing and then it just doesn't happen, fall flat a little bit? I think sometimes uh, our New Year's resolutions go like that. So uh, today I want to kind of get us going on the right foot a little bit and give us a little bit of that spiritual uh, pep talk that we can get going into the new year. I encourage one another to, to potentially do this Bible plan together. A couple more of you signed up. Uh, I just checked. Uh, so thank you for that. Again, if you weren't here to, to catch that announcement, uh, on our hub, there is a link for you to get onto the YouVersion Bible app for you to, to do a Bible reading plan. It's a 365, which should be 366 because it's a leap year, but it's reading through the Bible in one year, but it's not just on your own. It's, it's with the whole church body doing it together, and so you can go on there. There's a social network. It's a part of a thing that where you can go, and you can encourage one another, write something. Maybe you have a question like, hey, I didn't understand that. Could somebody chime in on this? And, uh, and we could go through this together throughout the next year, and so I want to encourage you to sign up for that. The link is there. But if you get a, a photo at the photo booth today, when you get your photo texted to you, it will be in, the link will be in that text as well. And I'll just go ahead and put a promo out here for all, for all the couples out there right now. Uh, the ladies right now are thinking, oh, you know, um, if, if my husband or my boyfriend doesn't want to get a photo with me, then, then they probably don't care about me. Um, so that means you need to take a photo now, all right? All right, go take a photo, all right? <laughs> uh, or they won't think that you care about them. Um, but no, I'm thinking about this new year. I'm thinking about, uh, just what we can do together. And, and I, I was thinking about, uh, just where to even start with this. I, I thought of the 2020 experience, uh, over the summer, I was thinking about the next series that we were going to be going through over the, uh, over the course of the next year or so from the summer. Uh, and, and I thought this would be a great idea, uh, for just capturing the vision for the new year. Uh, there was a conference call with all the pastors in the United States a month ago, and we all got together uh, and just decided, you know what, we're going to go with the 2020 vision thing. I'm just, like every church in, in, in the world is doing something on 2020 right now. Like, you know, it's just too easy. It's a softball. But, um, but that's really, I mean, it's really a great opportunity for us to focus in, right? I'm going to keep pulling in the, 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 the eyeglasses focus vision thing, but it's so good to get that kickstart at the beginning of the year. And so uh, I, I, I have Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10 that I want to walk through today uh, to talk about just, uh, just that, an idea of where we are, getting a vision of who we are and a vision of where we can go with the idea of who we are and, 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 and go from there. So without further ado, I just want to start by reading some of this with you guys. It's going to be on the screen if you haven't pulled it up on your Bible. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and I'll kind of just pick at it as we go through. But it says here, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead in your trespasses and your sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now working in the disobedience. But that first verse is the crucial piece here that I want you to understand. This is, if we're gonna get a true vision for 2020 and a true vision of where we are in our walk with Christ, 
to get a true vision of who we are, uh, new me, uh, new year, new me. We need to understand that we were dead in our trespasses. We were dead. You were dead. You were dead. Uh, you, you heard the phrase, you're dead to me, right? You're, you're dead to me. Well, say that to yourself. Like, uh, I'm dead to me. That, that's really kind of what this means. You, you were dead. We are dead in our trespasses and in our sins that we previously walked in according to the ways of this world. Uh, we need to get a good glimpse of just who we are. It's something that we say at Anchor Church often, that we're not perfect, that we're, we are imperfect people, we are an imperfect church. And so I, I really want us to, to recognize that. And I don't say that to, to, to cover up the fact that, that I forgot to pick a, a, a church. And that we're, oh, so we're imperfect, and so that's okay. We could just, you know, we're, we're not gonna, we're, no, or, or hey, I, I sit here and it's okay because I'm not perfect. No, that, that's not, I, I say this often, it's not like we're living in a pig pen of mess, right? And we're pigs wallowing in the fact that we are imperfect. No, our, our goal is to follow Christ. Our goal is to pursue him. Knowing that we are imperfect and recognizing that we're imperfect is a great first step because so many people, often when they walk into a church, they think it's a room filled of perfect people or they think that it's a room filled with people who think that they're perfect and they can't even become a part of the club. Well, this isn't a club. It's a church, and we can recognize that we're not perfect, okay? But we, we can be striving for, for something far greater. But the good news in the fact that we're not perfect is that Christ died for us, and that's what makes the good news of the gospel so good. It's a gift, and we're gonna get into that for a second, but in a second, but we need to recognize if we're going to look at ourselves in the mirror, everything we do is a reflection of somebody that is dead spiritually. Just, that's just, that's who we are. When we are born, we are born into this thing called sin. And sin is a devastating thing. It can seep into our lives and it can wreck our lives. But the good news is that Christ died for our sins and he can resurrect us from our imperfections to make us whole. That's why he resurrected from the grave. But everything we do is a reflection of the fact that we are dead spiritually. So we need to recognize today that we were dead. The important word here is word, were, word. The important word here is were. We were dead. In Christ, before Christ, we were dead. But he brings us to life spiritually. So I want every single person in this room today to recognize whether you are a firm believer in Christ. If you have given your life to Christ, you need to recognize that you were dead. If you are still on the fence, not quite sure, you're thinking, okay, I, 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 I think I might fully believe in this Jesus and that he really did what he said that he did, you still need to recognize today that you are dead. Not in the same light that we think of, but we are dead spiritually. You may have all sorts of things figured out. You may intellectually, intellectually have some great things figured out, but it, and when we look at ourselves in a mirror because of who we are as a person, we are reflecting somebody who is dead spiritually. So verse one says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of the world and according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now walking in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. 
And we were by nature children under wrath as, as others were also. It's just saying here that, listen, we understand and we recognize that we all have our faults. We all have our sins. We all have our problems. Uh, and it says in the verse, and I can go back to verse one, it talks about the trespasses. Uh, we uh, were dead in our trespasses and our sins. I, I, thought, I, I was thinking about just trespassing. I, sometimes we trespass, or people, we. <laughs> I don't know about you, but we trespass on accident. Uh, when I was a kid, I lived on a dirt road that was about a mile and a half long, and there were orange groves that kind of surrounded my block of, uh, there was like about six or seven lots of 10 acres that were on my dirt road, and then it, it extended into some orange groves. When you got past where the homes were, it was very hard to tell what the road was. The road was just little two little ruts. You guys can picture a little country road. Country roads. It was taking me home. That's all I can do is the fake country voice. Um, is to, did you say that's true? <laughs> There's two tracks, two ruts in the road. Like it went from a, a decently dirt road to two little ruts, and then it, it would wind around kind of where these orange groves were. And I remember I was a, when I was a kid, we'd ride our bikes, maybe we'd pick the oranges. And I remember one time the grove owner was out there and a friend of mine and I were out there on our bikes and we were out there picking oranges and we were, we were you know, just juicing them and eating them and whatever. And uh, the guy came over to us and said, hey, um, do, you, do you own this grove? And we're like, no. He's like, well, uh, do you have permission to be here? And we're like, no. He said, well, you guys are trespassing. And it was hard for us to really distinguish where in my you know, 10-year-old mind, where the road ended and where the grove actually started because there was a little road that went into the grove too. So I was not intentionally trespassing. Sometimes we don't intentionally trespass. We don't intentionally do the wrong thing. So whether we are doing it on purpose, sin-wise, or we're trespassing on accident, or we're just, we walked into something we didn't know that we shouldn't have been doing, it's still sin. We are still dead to those trespasses and those sins. So I'm not out here accusing anybody of doing the wrong thing over and over again. Sometimes we do the wrong thing. We don't know that we're doing the wrong thing. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes you're, 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 you're out there juicing some oranges and you don't know that you shouldn't be doing that. You should just go to Hollyanna and pay for them. That's what this guy wanted me to do. It's a humbling, I'll tell you another short little story about that. This is why I thought it was okay. Humbling experience, my mom, we would go down, there was two 90 degree turns on this dirt road, right? And those big semis filled with oranges would have to true, uh, trek through there. And uh, we would go that way sometimes because when the trucks would, the oranges would fall off the trucks. And so my mom would say, hey, um, go pick up some of the oranges that fell onto the ground. Um, and so it was like an Easter egg hunt for me, you know? And I remember we were out there picking them up and it could have been the same guy, you know, years before. I was younger when, we were, when my mom told me to do that. But one time a guy stopped my mom and said, and said uh, hey, um, you don't have to pick them up off the ground. If you wanna go pick them off the trees, you could go ahead and do that. I think that's why I thought it was okay. But I remember thinking, like as an adult, I'm like, oh man, that, that, my mom probably was super embarrassed about that. These kids picking these oranges up off the ground. This man says you just get them off the tree. Anyway, verse four, it says this. It says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us made us alive with, our, with the Messiah even though we were dead. So even though that we were dead, this Messiah has made us alive in our trespasses and we are saved by 
grace. So going back to the top of that verse, what was it, verse four? It says this, it says, but God. Everybody say, but God. Come on, you can't say that in church. If my kids were here right now, they'd be giggling like crazy, right? But that's so important. That's the next thing that we need to recognize today. It, but God. Say it one more time. It feels good, right? But God. But this is, a, this is kind of a question. But God, but God what? What did he do? But God what? He made us alive, verse five, with the Messiah, even though that we were dead, even though that we were trespassing, even though that we make mistakes, even though that we're not perfect, he makes us alive. We were dead in our sins. We were dead to right. When we look in the mirror, we look at somebody that is spiritually dead, but God made us alive with the Messiah, and we were saved by grace for what he did. Together with Christ Jesus, he has raised us up and has seated us in the heavens so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it's not your own doing, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. No one can, can boast about what they did to get themselves to heaven is what this is saying. It's not about what we do, it's about what God has done for us. We are saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God, not of our own doing. So when we say, but God, it's like, okay, so here's the tension, right? Like we are imperfect, we are trespassing, we just got caught red-handed on the orange grove, picking the oranges, now what? But God steps in and he says, listen, it's okay, he's with me. And so in that, we can find that we are alive again and we are saved by grace through faith in what he has done for us. So this but God that we, that we recognize, that we highlight, is the solution to the problem. The problem is that we were sinners. We are sinners and we were dead. But now we are fully alive when we give our life to Christ. This is what Jesus did for us. It's a gift. You guys just celebrated Christmas, right? The gift is yours, but it's not fully yours until you open it. It can have your name on it. Maybe if you're like my kids, the, the presents were only there for like two days under the tree. But, but <laughs> we got a lot going on, right? But like some people have those presents there for like two weeks before Christmas, right? The temptation of just seeing your name on the presents Every single day you pass by the tree is great. I remember when I was a kid, I used to always, I, I just confessed to my mom just the other day that I opened presents that were under the tree and then really carefully taped them back together. It's horrible. I'm a sinner. But when you see that your name is on that gift, you see that it's for you. It's just sitting there. It looks good, feels good. It's great to have that gift, but it's not yours until you open it, right? Until you get to see what's inside, to fully experience whatever is in that gift. And this grace that Jesus gives us is that gift that we get to open when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we truly do believe that Jesus did raised from the dead, then that's what it means when we will be saved. That's what it means. 
For you are saved by grace through faith, and it is not of yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that anyone can boast. In verse 10, it says this, for you are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works. It is not in our good works that we are saved, but we are created for good works, to be able to do something with what we have experienced, which God has prepared ahead of time so that you would not walk in them. See, I think about this faith thing. Uh, we, in verse eight, we are saved by grace through faith. I think about this, this grace thing, I heard, uh, uh, this faith thing. I, I heard this story before because I, I have not personally experienced this because I have never lived in an area when I was an adult where it was super cold, but it's cold enough today, I think, for a lake to freeze over, right? Is it? No? Anybody, anybody live someplace where, where a lake can freeze over? So, so imagine for a second, and I know that there's a certain level or a certain thickness of, of ice that is needed on a lake, but imagine looking at a lake and recognizing, okay, this is thick enough for me to be able to step out onto. So you're on the shore, and you step out onto the lake, onto the frozen ice, that takes a certain amount of faith just to step out onto that, onto that ice, correct? But it's not the faith that is keeping you from falling into the lake. It's the actual thickness of the ice that is, that is protecting you from falling into the, into the lake. So when we think about this grace idea, this faith idea, when we put our faith in Jesus, it's, it's stepping out and recognizing that. But what we are truly standing on in our faith in Christ is the confidence that we have in the work of what Jesus did for us. So when we are standing in there and recognize that what, what Jesus has done for us, it's, it's not the faith that saves us. It's not the faith that is keeping us floating on top of the, on top of the ice. It's not floating, but whatever. You get the idea. It's, it's the confidence in knowing what Jesus did for us that gives us that relationship with him. That when we step out in faith to recognize what Christ has done for us, we, can, we have that confidence that, uh, that what he did and what he said that he did is, is what we can step out onto and feel confident with. And so the last, the last slide, if you could put that up, uh, is when we say yes. And this is, this is verse 10. For we are his creation created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us ahead of the time, and we should walk in them. So when we say yes, so when we say yes to Jesus, when we, as we, we pray this prayer every single time at the end of our service, give an opportunity for a response. It's truly this, that, that when you say yes, when there's that moment in your life where you say, you know what, I, it makes sense. Like I understand that Jesus died for me, that I am not a perfect person, that I am a sinner. Whether I do it intentionally or unintentionally, I need somebody to rescue me. I need somebody to step in on my behalf to save me to the fact that I was dead to my, to my sins. So when we say yes to that, it, it, it enters into a relationship that is everlasting. You, you gain eternal life for what Christ did for you with your response. When you open up that gift, you have eternal life. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave us his son that no one would perish but would have everlasting life. But the moment that you recognize, yes, Jesus, I need you in my life because I'm not perfect. I know that I'm a sinner and I know that what you did for me rescues me for all time. 
when you say yes, it's a life-changing moment. And so we offer that prayer at the end of every service because it's, a, it's something that, that, that is personal. It's something that you can create. It's a, it's a relationship that is developed with Christ in that moment. And we, we have the connect cards. And if you, if you made a choice to say, yeah, I, I want to accept Christ as my Savior, then, then there's the opportunity to, to connect with us, to be able to let us know that because we want to celebrate with you. So we have, that, we have that there every single week. But here's what happens when you say yes. This is, this is what Ephesians chapter two, or Ephesians two, two, yeah, two, sorry, chapter two, verse 10 says that we are his creation created in Christ Jesus for good works. See, it's not what we did that gets us to the point of a relationship with Christ. It's what Christ did. It's his, it's his works on the cross. But as a, as a reflection, as we're, as, we're, as we're showing off what Christ has done for us, we do good works. It's, it's from the overflow of our heart that we, that we show the world. We, we roll out the red carpet to show the world this Christ Jesus and what he's done for us. I think about it like this. We, we talked about a certain team last night, uh, but there is a, a certain place in this certain town, Boston. If some of you aren't tracking with me because you don't care about football. So Boston, okay? There, there's a famous sitcom in the 1980s about a bar in Boston. You guys with me? Cheers, right? You guys know the song? Sometimes you want to go to a place where everybody knows your name, right? Well, well think about that. Like, that is such a, a comfortable, great feeling. You ever go to a restaurant where the, everybody knows you? Like, that makes you want to go back there, right? You might go and, and, and they know your order. We used to go to TGI Fridays every, every Sunday after church a couple years ago. We had the same waitress every single week. If we didn't have her, we were like, they were like, oh, can we, can we sit with Katie, please? You know, like they were like, would you like to sit? No, 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 we want to sit in Katie's section. She knows us. She knows what we like. Diet Cokes are right there waiting for us. When we, <laughs> they didn't even know we were coming. The Diet Cokes were sitting on a table already. That feels good. We want to go to a place where everybody knows our name. We want, we want to experience that. The 2020 experience is being able to roll the red carpet out for other people to experience what we have experienced. For we are saved by grace through faith. It's not a gift that, that we have been able to do. It's a gift that we receive from God. Not of our own works, but, but through that, we can work to be able to show everybody else how great our God is. And that's why at Anchor Church, we roll the red carpet out, not literally, sometimes literally, at the movie series, but we put these, we don't have to put the pipe and drape up. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but we do it because it creates an experience. We don't have to put the, t the chairs like this. We could leave them like cafeteria tables, but it creates an experience. We don't have to use these lights. There's lights up here. I mean, you know how ridiculous it seems at times? I mean, there's, there's literally stage lights up here, right, right in here. But we put these up because we believe it creates a better experience. We don't have to put the screen up. There's actually a screen. Where is it? It's right here. There's a projector right there. We could use that. But we think that this creates an experience. There's speakers in this place. There's stuff that the kids use every single week. We put up tents in there for kids to have Bible study in. 
because it, it creates a small group experience for them to be able to hear the word of God. We do fun things over there to engage them. We do fun things here. We do at the movies throughout the year, at, at a certain time during the year. We've got a photo booth. We've got a donut wall. I know y'all like that donut wall. Coffee, water, water with lemons. At Christmas, it's water with cranberry, right? I knew you guys were missing that today. You go to the bathroom. The bathroom's got special soap. You've got wall plug in there. You walk in there and you think, man, this isn't a middle school bathroom. This is a nice bathroom. You've got somebody in there that's offering mints. There's not somebody in there offering mints, but there are mints in there. And other things, it's about the experience. It's because we care. We want somebody that is walking into this place that has never been to church before to think, holy cow. Somebody's never been to church before, they probably don't think, holy cow. Thank you for getting that. Holy cow, this is a church? We want somebody that has been a part of a church before, but maybe they didn't have a good experience at a church. Maybe that red carpet wasn't really rolled out for them. It's Listen, we don't roll the red carpet out to, to, to show you that it's all about you. Because I think that can get confusing too. Because that's what Hollywood does, right? They roll the red carpet out for the celebrities because it's all about them. But we roll the red carpet out for you to experience that so that we could point to Christ and say, hey, this is why we're doing this. We want you to be able to see that. And, and know this, that if you've been coming for, I'll give you a little bit of grace, three weeks in a row, like it, you could still enjoy it, but we want, we want you to help us roll the red carpet out for the next person so that whatever you experienced, somebody else can experience the same thing. That's how this thing starts to really grow exponentially. Again, we're not creating a country club. This isn't a place for us to come and just golf clap. This is a place for us to do life together. If we're, if we're going to really do the 2020 experience, it's, it's from the overflow of our heart, from everything that Christ did for us, knowing that we were dead in our sins, in our trespasses, but yet Christ stepped down to this earth, stooped down to our level to be able to resurrect us in our sins so that we can just glorify him and celebrate him and worship him. And then to do that for the next person. And then to do that for the next person. And then to do that for the next person. The greatest gift of all time is Christ, but it doesn't have to be that best kept secret. That's not what Christ wants for us. In his creation, we are created in Christ for good works, which God has prepared ahead of time so that we can walk in them. Let's walk in these good works together to be able to show the world, to show our community, to show our neighborhood, our city, just how good our God is. We sang the Waymaker song a second ago, and if we believe every single thing that we sing in that song, we should be showing the world that and allowing them to see our 2020 experience. Let's pray together just for a moment and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for our time together. We thank you for this word this morning. 
thank you for who you are. You are the way maker. And you prepared a way for us to walk in you, to walk with you, and to be able to show the world just how great you are. So Lord, today as we sit here and maybe there's some people here that have not fully committed to you, that maybe 2020 today is the day that they will commit their life to you, that they would say, Jesus, I know that I am not perfect. I know that I trespass. I know that I don't do the perfect thing all the time. I know that I'm a sinner. And I want to give my life to you. I recognize, Jesus, what you did for me. You have saved me from my sin. So Lord, come into my life and just show me the way. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.